Welcome to the Not Great Parent Podcast. I'm Not Great Parent Molly, and this is Not Great Parent Nathan. Hello. Hello, everyone. Um, we are proud to be Not Great Parents. Yeah. Um, we have kind of a, what might seem like a silly name, but yes. the idea behind it is that we are parents who um, are striving to raise our children in the goodness of God yes. and not necessarily the greatness that the world tells us to do. Yes. So, I'm uh, sorry. I'm listening to you do this whole thing and I'm looking at the confession we're talking about today and I go, Molly feels a little burned out about, right we're now. We're doing a series on confessions <laughs> and you know what? This one might be mine. <laughs> I, was say, I was like, Molly's like, I can tell you're like, I say this thing every well, time. Well, no, I'm starting to think like, hey, I get... Is it? Am I saying it the same way every time? Or did I just now? Normally, I start with the great and then go to the goodness, and, yeah. and partway through, I was like, whatever. But I the, think that's I think that's good because I think that's what we're talking yes. about, right? Is uh, we're in this series. So our goal, like you Help said, out here. our goal, like you said, is to pursue God's goodness, not the greatness of our world. And so we've said, hey, there are times that we just need to confess either ways that I am pursuing. God, the greatness of this world, mm -hmm. right? And I need to confess that so that I can turn from that. Right. And, you know, the biblical word is to repent, to right. do God's goodness, or ways that I am pursuing God's goodness, and I need to confess that so we can confirm it because it is so different than the way this yeah, world is. Yeah, and I'm is. feeling bad about it because maybe I'm getting some yes. different thing from the, the world. The culture or the world right. or whatever it is. And today's confession, I think, is one that... If you are pursuing greatness, you would never say out loud, which is, I feel burned out. I feel burned out. There, I said it. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel burned out. Burnout is one of those things that now has become, especially if you're in like the corporate world, and even you know, a lot of people don't think of it this way, but the church world, especially our kind of branch of church world, is now almost so lined in with like corporate lingo. This idea of oh, burnout yeah. has been, for at least the last, I'd say, 10 years has been a big thing. People okay. are getting burned out. Burned out, leaving ministry. Burned out, changing professions. Right. Burned out, and everyone's whatever it is, resetting. Burned out, whatever it is. And everyone's trying or to find a way. real corporate lingo, because like a year ago I was speaking this yes. talk, pivoting to something new. Oh, there you go. I like that. <laughs> Pivot to something new. But you, you, we, everyone is talking about how do we keep people from burning out. Mm -hmm. And what I find very funny is in the corporate world and also sadly in the ministry world, what they really are saying is how can we continue to put high demands on people and them? It's almost and like not truly burnout, like forever. Yes. How can I put more weight on this horse before I have to shoot it? Yeah. Like how my, long? what's their breaking point? At what point does the horse's leg break so many times? I actually yeah, have that's to a little rough how you worded it there. But I just said, that's what people mean. What they mean is how can I keep people from realizing these are uh, inhumane demands that are being right. placed on people, and how can I make sure? But now to get back to it, that is what most of us, when it comes to parenting, it's the way we operate. How can I overload my kid's schedule? Mm -hmm. How can I, as mom and dad, be super mom, super dad, you know, mm -hmm. do everything, have a great... Do all the things, have the great experiences for yes. my family, have this great relationship with my husband or significant yes. other, have this great relationship with my children, make all the money. Yes. Can have Feel the personally job, fulfilled on at work. all the vacations. Yes. Make the most of every moment we have. Yes. And, okay. <laughs> and not get burned out. And not get burned out. How do 
I make sure I don't become the horse that gets so shot? So I, the person who's sitting here saying, I feel burned out, am about to tell you about this. Well, but I think we're all guilty of it. And I think... I think we are too. I think everybody experiences some level of burnout in some moment area of their life. And parenting, I do think, is one that we often feel the squeeze, so to speak, yeah. in the moment of, oh. You know, another way to say this, and I've heard some parents say to me, they go, I feel bad saying this. I want to just stop being a mom. I want to just run away. Or I'm I just, just going to go away for, I, I wish I could just pack my bag and go away for a weekend. Yeah. I just, and then come back and I'd be like a new mom. I just want to be something else. And so, you know, what I what I hear when, it, you know, we're all starting, are we going to correct this? Are we going to confirm it? I, I don't want to confirm the idea of, well, just give up and be done. Burnout. But I also don't want to correct and saying you should never feel tired. Mm -hmm. I think it's this mixture in between of being able to say uh, it is normal and natural to feel. Let me say this. It is normal and natural that at the pace most of us live, you will feel burned out. Yes. It is not the way God intended us to live. And so if you are feeling burned out, it does not mean you are a bad mom mm -mm. or a bad dad or that you don't love your kids. Mm -mm. What it may very well mean is uh, you have set demands on yourself or a pace of life for yourself that God did not intend for you to carry. Mm -hmm. You are carrying too much. And by that, I do not mean your kids. <laughs> I don't mean just well, drop them off. I'm I done. Think I'll just, I think I'll just have two instead of four. <laughs> you guys are you guys are extra dead weight. Yeah. Get them out. Get them You two weigh too much. Get you're, out you're not that. We're not suggesting that. You you hang your honors. Get yeah. off. Get all <laughs> out of here. No, they what I mean. Stage five clingers. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean is, what I mean is that you might be you might be doing parenting and really life in general in such a way that is not sustainable for you to do the work of God, right. right? The pace at which you are doing the work of God may be destroying the work God wants to do in you. Right. And, you know, I, I am clearly feeling that right now. And sometimes it might be something that happens in a season, right? So in sure. my case, we had a whole bunch of extra things come up. We had a death in the family that... Yes. And there were some things I didn't protect, some boundaries, which made some additional layers for me and having people stay in my house and things like that. But sometimes it is for a, there are things that the event I couldn't control, but then there were some other things within it. So sometimes these things are in a short season. Well, so I that think, burnout isn't necessarily like a long-term thing. Yeah, I think those are two different things, though. And I think that's an important distinction to make for people. I think it is normal and natural that when there is extra burdens mm -hmm. on your family, extra activities. There's an unexpected death in the family. That is a normal time. I, I know this one wasn't you, fully unexpected, but you know what I mean. No one, I'm just going to say it. In, death is always really inconvenient. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. In, confession, another confession. Another confession. I think death is inconvenient. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it is, right? And you have these times whenever that happens, right? It is yes. normal and natural. You're going to have to do a little extra, right? If your yes. kid had... Um, an unexpected medical thing. I, I forget about even that. They broke an arm. Yes. For that period, you're going to have to run a little harder, do a little more than you normally. You have to do more your for your routine kid. has to change. There's and so adjustments. you're going to feel extra tired. Mm -hmm. Burnout is when nothing has really changed in my routine. Mm -hmm. no, nothing extra is happening. 
every day though, I just want to be done mm-hmm. and I'm ready to just move on. At that point, you might be saying, I may not have enough rest mm-hmm. as a mom or dad. And I think there's two forms of rest. There's the rest that is just, I need to break from all activity, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's the rest that I need to be a break from being mom or being dad. Because that's a role you play. That is not who you are. Yes. Right? And there are, there are times where it is appropriate to say, I need to just be Nathan. Or I need to just be a husband. Mm-hmm. Right? I just need to be, sometimes I just need to be me. My wife said to me the other day, hey, you need to just go to a movie by yourself because I love doing that. She goes, you just need to go and just enjoy, you know, a, two three to three hours, hours yes. by yourself and do something. And I said, you're right. That'd be great. We've, we've had a season in our life that's been very difficult. And honestly, and I think she would agree, a lot has fallen to me. Right. But it is just for this season of time, right? And she has been able to see and go, you need some extra rest during this time. Mm-hmm. Go and do that. But then tomorrow, my wife and I are going on a date. Oh, and so that's you. time for me to, I'm not dad during that time, but I am a husband and right. we can focus on our relationship. And so it's really okay to take a break. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's God intended. I think God, uh, like we always talk about modeling, you know, we, we talk, we could talk about the Sabbath and all that, but God put that in place one, so we would follow it, but two, as a model for other times when we needed rest. Yes. So yes. like. And that, and I think that we also have a physical response to this yes. oh, this physical response of feeling burned out. That is a trigger to us to say, "Hey, we need yes. we need rest." And I think that is all God's design, so that right. we can say, "Slow down," whatever that looks yeah. like. So I know for me, like yes, we had this funeral and all this stuff. There were, but I also know that that caused me to miss an entire day that I normally have by myself. Yeah, that I that I spend trying to do a few things that I enjoy. And then it also meant that my husband and I didn't have any time during the week together. And, right. it, and it was all those different things. So I think that, you know, it's, it's designed by God to, so that we know, Hey, this is how to rest yeah. and it looks different yes. for each person, but yet it is still important. Yes. And I think it's really important that we look at that and go, so let's talk about the Sabbath for a minute for people who don't know. Uh, so the Bible's creation narrative um, in Genesis, but then it gets repeated um, all throughout is that for six days, God creates the world. And then on the seventh day, God rests, right? And it's kind of this interesting part of the story that, that God is just choosing to rest. Now, the idea behind that originally just in the creation narrative is that in the ancient world, the way that the creation narrative is said is that it is God is creating a temple for himself. And the way that you, the, the gods would always end creating their temple is they would sit on their throne and they would rest from the war they had to do. Mm-hmm. Normally in ancient creation stories, it was the gods are at war. Our God won the war. And now they sit on their throne and they rest from their, from their war, from their battles. Well, our God doesn't do war to create the world. He doesn't do violence to create. It's this life-giving, mm-hmm. you know, things are giving birth and things are happening and God is bringing order to chaos and he's doing all this. Then at the end, God sits in his temple, which is the entire world. Mm-hmm. The entire That's world is his temple. And then he rests. But then when God frees the people of Israel out of slavery, so they've been slaves in Egypt for 400 years, and he takes them out of Egypt, and he gives them the Ten Commandments. Right in the middle, he gives them this commandment where he says, uh, you shall keep the Sabbath day holy. And then it's the longest of all the commands. 
Yet it's the one none of us think we have to keep. Yeah, because we're living the life of business. business. Right. He comes in and says that, you know, you should honor the Sabbath day, keep it holy. And he says, because you were slaves in, in Egypt and you had to work every day. But the Lord has freed you from that. And to remind you of that, you choose not to work on the seventh day. You choose to rest. Mm -hmm. Then he adds a whole bunch of other stuff to it. He then says, every seventh year, you're to let the land rest. You're supposed to, for the six years leading up to right. your Sabbath year, you collect enough food that you can let the entire land rest. Then every seven times seven years, so every 49 years, mm -hmm. is what's called the year of Jubilee, which is the time that all debts are erased. Hmm. But some of you are wishing that was coming around. Yeah, that's right. All your debts are erased. <laughs> All land is returned to its original owner. So if you had yeah. to, you know, mortgage your land to make it happen, that happens. All prisoners are set free. Right. All slaves are set free. There's this time where you're resting the entire. It's like a reset for everything, yeah. and it becomes this. It becomes this rhythm that would say, "Hey, everything in life needs seasons." And needs periods where you're just breaking and resting and doing what matters. Now, that's a principle for life. At some point, we probably should talk about what the Sabbath actually looks like. We will at some point. But we're saying in your parenting, you need to take that principle in and say there need to be periods, regular periods, right. where you say, I am resting from my responsibility as right. mom. Because this feeling of burnout does occur. Yes. And it will it, it will occur. But it is not an, an infinite feeling. And it is not yes. a, it should not be your norm. No. It, it, God does not intend for that to yes. be the way we live. Because if we are living in the state of burnout, we are not going to be at our peak performance to, to do what we've partnered with God to do in his kingdom yes. and do the kingdom work of God because we're too flat out tired. So we're not going to be as good of a parent to our children. Oh. We're not going to be as good of a spouse. We're not going to be as loving to other people. And so yes. that is why it is so important to catch <laughs> to catch ourselves and to put practices and things in place to yes. help us keep from getting this long-term feeling of burnout and recognizing that we shouldn't be living in that state and that shouldn't yes. be where we want to stay. So one of the things we wanted to do today is just talk about some things you could do. Yeah. Well, and I think to get to the point you're talking about there is part of the reason you're supposed to have Sabbath and part of the reason you as a parent need it is you need to be reminded you are not what you do. Right? That's why he makes the point to them of saying you were slaves in Egypt. Right? Slaves are only as worth as their productivity, right? Which is maybe says a little bit about how you work, right? right? That you have, and I'm this kind of person. I judge my entire life by, based on how productive I am. I have little measurements for myself on everything. And I do that with parenting. How well my kids do, that tells me how good of a dad I am. And how good of a dad I am, or how good of a husband I am, how good of a minister I am, that tells me how good Friend of a- Friend you are, all the, all the ways. Well, one of my daughters came to me this morning. I mean, just today, I came home for lunch, and she was she came in crying because she had done bad on school. And she was crying to me. I just did so bad. I can't believe I did bad. And I said, what are you afraid of? Mm -hmm. And she said, I said, what are you afraid that if you're bad at school, that means? She goes, then I'm not a good girl. Mm. And, I, and, you know, of course, as her dad wanted to go, I don't care how you do at school. You're... 
you being a good girl has nothing to do with school. But then it was a wake up call to me of how well I am as a husband, Mm -hmm. right? If my wife is struggling, what does that say about me? Mm -hmm. If my kids are struggling, what does that say about me? If, if, if I'm struggling at work, what does that say about me? And to be able to have these periods of rest where I don't do anything, it reminds me the reason I should care about my wife struggling is because I love my wife. The reason I should care about my kids struggling is that. The reason I should care about being a good pastor is I care about these people, right? And I want to do my best for them. But ultimately, the world keeps spinning even when I don't do work. Yeah. And my and I still am loved and valuable even when I don't do work. And so, some of us need to be reminded you're more than a mom mm-hmm. and you're more than a dad. You're more than whatever title you have in your mind. So we wanted to give you some ideas on how to help that happen. So Molly, what are things you do to recharge just so people have an idea of well, different things? Well, first, I think if you are, you need to get yourself in the mentality of this is going to be my recharge time means I'm not on duty in this yes. time, right? Kind of adopt that principle of yes. this is my not on duty time. Yes. I mean, I'm not, I am not going to be solely focused on being a mom in this right. moment, right? Um, so for me, sometimes, and this has been hard for me because I haven't always been good at this, but it might just be being in my house with no children oh. and no sounds, like yes. nothing going on. I might read a book. Yes. I might even be cleaning or doing something because sure. I don't just sit very well, right. but I might be doing something like that, but it's that it's in silence and that's something that that is relaxing to me or it might be um for me it might actually be just having a conversation with somebody i haven't talked to in a while like i'm very relational so having a quality conversation with somebody might be something that is very recharging to me um sometimes if i can get my kids to bed even earlier and then i can set aside a little extra time ben and i might have a time where we you know, make something different for dinner yeah. for ourselves after our kids go to bed oh, and then just too, hang yeah. out, you know, yeah. or um, I might go for a walk that I don't normally go for a walk and do, or it just depends. But those are some of the things I do. I enjoy reading. I enjoy going, I do enjoy going to movies or watching yeah. movies. Um, but it's just usually for me, it's things in short spurts. Can't yeah. be super long. That's right. <laughs> um, short spurts that kind of just help me reset for the time being and then re, and then usually when I've done something like that, I'm ready to re-engage with my kids. That's right. Yeah, and it's funny. My wife and I talk about it all the time. Like, I know this is going to happen tomorrow when we go on our date. It's funny how we leading... talk about them the whole day. Well, yeah. Well, that's one of the rules, and I will I will get to that. Make that's one that of the a rule that you have. do not go and talk about your children all day. Yeah, but we do have a thing of, you know, the entire morning leading up to it, because we do ours in the morning time. We're like, okay, we got to get to the date. You know, we got to get this. We got to get these kids out of the house. Yeah, yeah. We got to get them to grandma and grandpa's house. We got to get this happen. And then, funny enough, three hours in, we're like, I wonder what they're doing right now. I wonder what the kids are doing. I wonder what happens. I wonder what cute thing they've got. Oh, I can't wait to see them. But it does it. It makes you then get excited excited to to see see them them. again and be the kind of parent you want to be. But the thing I was going to say was, I think it's really important is, I think you need to have two, there are two different kinds of, you know, Sabbaths that you need to have, or these, you need to have this mini break right? Every day. You need to have some time every day that you get off time. This is why we talk about it. We'll probably talk about it at some point again. You need to have a bedtime for your kids. Mm-hmm. Having Letting your three-year-old stay up to 1 a.m., it's not good for them. I mean, there's tons of research on sleep that would tell you it's not good for them. It's not good for you. And it's not good for them that for you, or and if you're married, you and your spouse don't get to build that relationship. That's not long-term That's going to be our upcoming confession of 
My kid runs my house. Oh, yes. That'll be a good one. But <laughs> yes. yeah, I think that's a whole whole thing, a whole right? Thing. So you need to have that. So these these are mine when uh, when you yeah, talk about things. Is, so I wake up earlier than my kids every day, uh, which is tough because kids wake up early. Uh-huh. But I tend to wake up, I'll just say, I wake up at about 520 every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have about an hour and a half before they are allowed to come downstairs because we have a set bedtime. We also have a time you're allowed to leave your room because yep. just because you wake up at four, you know, 445 doesn't mean everyone else wakes up at 445. Yes, and if um, you have a little kid and you think that they can't little- look at time, here's what you do. You can buy a Buy something on Amazon, Alexa, with a light, and you can set it so that the light only changes when they can come out of their room. All kinds of stuff you can do, but we what we said to our kids when they were little is you're not allowed to leave your room until I come and get you. There you go. But that's okay too. So either way, I like that one too. If you want to, yeah, we they now have clocks in their room, but they can tell time. Um, So I get up and I have a quiet prayer time with just me and God. And it's just me and God. Then about six o'clock, my wife wakes up and we have breakfast together. Mm-hmm. And that's a time that we get to kind of just connect before anything else happens. We want to make sure we, so I prioritize God. Yeah, prioritize in order, yeah. And then I prioritize my wife. Mm-hmm. And then I have this morning prayer time on with on Facebook with our church. Then after that, uh, my kids come down and I get about 30 minutes with my kids at the start of the day where I'm very energized. Mm-hmm. I'm a morning person. Mm-hmm. So it's like we get to connect. Then we go to the gym, which is another connection time because our kids go to the daycare yeah. at the gym, and my wife and I get to work out together and or stand there and talk. Stand there and talk happens a lot. <laughs> yes, that happens a lot too. Then I come to work, which is at least for me, I really care about my work and I enjoy it. So that's a little bit of a break for me. Yeah. Now my wife's on the other hand; she's a stay-at-home mom. She needs time where she's not on duty. Mm-hmm. So we have a time every week. That she gets to just go out with a friend and be off-duty mom. Because, you know, they're, the the work-home-life balance is tough for working moms. It's, it's also really tough for, for stay-at-home moms. It's really hard for stay-at-home moms. Because they don't ever get to be off-duty. Because you know? they live in their office. They live in their office, and so they don't ever get a time and to really... And co-workers never go home. <laughs> no, or shut up. <laughs> and so they need to have that. Then, like I said, I have lots of time when I come home from work that is dedicated to be with my kids. They play tablets, or we go outside and be together. Together, we do whatever, and mm-hmm. I kind of connect with them. We watch a TV show to kind of end the night where we're all doing the same thing. Then they go to bed at a set time, and my wife and I get about an hour and a half to just be together. We can watch a show we like mm-hmm. or, or just talk. Mm-hmm. Do whatever. And if, if Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I have a call for about 30 minutes with some friends from church that are, are basically family for me. And we talk for about 30 minutes. And for me, like you, that's incredibly recharging. Super recharging. To be able just to talk to other people, see what's going on. We also do small group once a week, Mm -hmm. which our kids are in another room watching a TV show while we connect with these people. You know? Yeah. I also, on that note, on Sunday, Sunday. Sunday is the time for us. (laughs) Your whole day is for that. But I think it's really important as parents. Yep. To one of the reasons I love children's ministry yes. is not just because we do a lot of really fun things back there, which we do. Yes. And your kids are missing out if they're not in there. But it's because that is one hour that we can literally gift parents yes. to recharge. Yes. And t- so saying, I am practically begging parents not to put their children, not to take their children with them into service because it is one hour of off-duty time yes. for a, to, that we can give a parent and yep. build into them. And so if you're not coming on Sunday, first of all, come on. <laughs> Second of all, it, it, 
bring your kids to us and you just have that hour and, and start serve, being present. You get two yeah, hours. if you get if you serve, you get two. And you and being present in that is incredibly recharging yeah. in those moments. And maybe it won't feel that way on first or second week or if you came once a month, but the more you do it, the more that time becomes sacred yes. to you and sacred to your recharging. And so I think those are important to have a routine where I get it. But then there are more extended periods. We have date days where maybe once a month, we try to do it twice a month if we can. We get to let our kids go to the grandparents' house, you know, or we have other people in the church who are just very kind and go, hey, we'll take your kids for a little bit. And we get to just go off and be a married couple together, right? Yeah. And then, like I said, my wife has a time she leaves. Just go be not even a mom, not even a wife. Just go be herself and be just with a friend. Her, yeah. And she 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 will say to me occasionally, hey, you need to just go be you. Do something you enjoy. And I love going to the movies, so that's it for me. But we know it's sometimes tough to figure out what to do. And so we got the family movie night guys back together. The family movie night guys are going to talk about some yeah, movies. Some parent-only movies parent, we like, and TV We're shows. liking the parent-only thing because it gives you guys a chance to be off-duty. And that's right. Enjoy. Think of things that you wouldn't watch with your kids. Maybe you're tired of watching Bluey. Yeah. Maybe you're t- or, or only watching Super Mario Brothers movie yes. for the 15th time. That's my house. Yes. And you want to watch something that you would enjoy. Yes. And that's what we're going to give you a chance to do. So. so enjoy this, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the Family Movie Night podcast segment of the Not Great Parents podcast. Uh, we are very excited to be here. I've got my wonderful co-host, as always, the hero of this podcast segment, Donnie Dorsey. How you doing? I'm doing well. Words didn't work there. They didn't come out. I'm doing so well. I can't even put it into words. There you go. Donnie sounded like a robot malfunctioning, right? (laughs) Breaking down as if he was Tars in the Christopher Nolan movie Interstellar, which Sawyer and I vastly disagree about. But we don't have to talk about that. We do have to talk. Tars does not break down. I think as a character that works in a movie, he broke down the moment he walked on set. Uh, So (laughs) Sawyer Hewlett, the villain of this podcast, dare I say the Matt Damon of Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. How are you doing this morning? I am good. I I, I actually, I watched Interstellar. I watched the second half of Interstellar last night because I watched most of the first half of Interstellar at your house last night. And with with my slander, good. Yes, with my slander of Interstellar happening right in his ear, he had to go home get a palate cleanser of just mainlining Interstellar without me involved. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, uh, the part when he's spinning. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Hans Zimmer on the organ. You know what, Sawyer? I can tell how excited you are. I'm just going to leave that alone. We don't need to talk about it. I, you get the last word on that one. Interstellar, of all the Christopher Nolan movies I've ever seen, it is definitely one of them. So, uh, <laughs> let's. Uh, the whole point of this podcast uh, is to recommend movies, or I should say this segment is to recommend some movies that parents uh, can enjoy uh, when they get either a night off. So either going out for a date or, you know, you just put the kids to bed early and you guys get a little bit of time to enjoy something. So we've got a movie. Uh, each of us brought a movie and each of us brought a TV show. 
uh, that we thought, you know, if you've got time for a movie, if it's a date, this might be a good uh, movie to watch. And if you've got a little less time, maybe this would be something you could watch over multiple nights, uh, as Molly and I have talked about, of having a set bedtime for your kids and making sure you get some time just for you and your spouse, or if you're a single parent, just for you to kind of decompress. So let's start uh, with the TV shows here. So um, I think parents probably often get more of an opportunity to watch TV because it's more likely you're going to have 30 minutes or an hour than you are going to have, I don't know, two hours set aside. So Sawyer, I'm going to come to you first on uh, a TV show that you would recommend for uh, parents to enjoy. Uh, yeah, the TV show that I want to talk about, it's a show that uh, I watch with my mom, and I'm going on vacation this week, and I'm going to watch it with my mom a lot because we're going to have lots of downtime. And uh, that show is none other. I only watch this show with my mom. I will never watch it with anyone other than my mom. Uh, it is called Call of the Midwife, and it is about a group of midwives at uh, the beginning of the 20th century, I believe. And uh, in Britain, it is a PBS show. It is similar tone to that of Downton Abbey. Um, and it is just very sweet and it is nice. Okay. Can't say I mean good things about call the midwife. Very good. I do want to be clear that the show is called call the midwife not Call of the Midwife. I would like a show that was Call of the Midwife, which was a mixture of Call of the Midwife and Call of the Wild, where where these midwives yeah. were out there with like some kind of ravenous dog. Yeah. Vanessa Redgrave is is leading a pack of, of midwives in the wilderness. Yes, uh, I'm I'm wrong about that, but yes, I've also heard Call of the Midwife is uh is really good, and so yeah, I think. And I would I, can I ask you this way? Is it wholesome programming? Like yes, this is like very wholesome programming. It is like you you're not gonna get anything even remotely questionable unless giving birth grosses you out as it does me. Um, in which sure. case it feels more like the Evil Dead or something like that at moments. But uh, but no, it's it's a it's a it's a good wholesome show. And like I I'm very very invested in all the side characters other things going on where they're in their personal lives it goes into all that and it's fun it's almost like if the crown wasn't toxic there and you go. like getting to know all these characters and their lives and their jobs and it's it's nice okay it's like an hour-long episode that you know at the end of the episode you're gonna be like oh yeah so this is the this is has that same like nostalgic feel of the crown, but you don't have to sit and kind of wonder like, why are, why are all of these British taxpayer money going to support this family? Yes, exactly. Exactly. You're almost like, Oh, I'm, I wish that we would pay ta more taxes to, to this to midwives. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Give all your taxes. Cause these midwives have got to be fighting off, uh, wolves in the wild. Rabid wolves, yes. Liam Neeson in the grave. Yes. Vanessa Redgrave. That's her new. That's her new franchise. Broken yeah. beer bottles smashed between her fingers so she can destroy these wolves in the wild. I would watch that show. Oh okay. Donnie Dorsey, what is uh, your TV show recommendation? Well, my TV show isn't a current one, but okay. it's one that uh, I'm currently uh, actually watching. It's Veronica Mars. 
Oh, oh, Donnie. Oh, you have hit the jackpot here, my friend. This is the show. Thumbs up. I will I, here. I, I will briefly talk about my show, and I will I yield my time on the floor to Donnie <laughs> to talk about Veronica Mars. This show is wonderful. Yeah, like um, I think it spent. It has every element you could possibly want in a show. There is comedy. There is drama. There is like detective, like cr- like crime solving things like this is one of those shows i was very shocked to what happened in the sense of they've been able to tell a story that was so well threaded together the twists are like some are predictable but even the predictable ones are good and then the ones that are not predictable you're like oh my gosh like it's it's one of the shows that if someone said hey What's the show you could binge watch and enjoy? I'd say you could binge watch this because each show going into the next is amazing. Like I was, yeah, I've been thoroughly like impressed with this show. So this show came out before there was a CW. This is, yep. this is when this show came out. I watched this show when it was on, I would have been in high school when this happened and it was on UPN originally before it went, when UPN and WB merged to create yep. the CW and then I think it was on the last two seasons on the CW. But this is a show, just for people who don't know, Veronica Mars is a character played by Kristen Bell. This was like her big breakout thing, um, who is a teenage private detective. Her dad used to be the sheriff of their little town. Uh, and in the first season, uh, her best friend has uh, – do they know at the beginning that she's been murdered? They know – I don't know if they know that she's been murdered. I think what they – they know that they don't know the full story. They just think right. she's been murdered at that point. And Veronica was like, used to be really popular, but then mm-hmm. has this falling out. And I will say this, this is actually a show that you could watch. I know some of you have like teenage daughters and you're trying to find TV shows to watch together. Uh, this was intended to be a teenage show. I will say, um, I, like I'm kind of waiting a little bit to watch this with my kids only because in the first season, I'll just let you know, there is a, there's a lot of talk about Veronica's character at mm-hmm. a party was sexually assaulted. And that's yeah. actually like a big plot point um, about her like dealing with, and I feel like the show actually handles it really well. Yeah, I and agree. It, it's not just like a traumatic thing that happens. Like the show actually deals with what would that do uh, to a to a person's psychology, how would they handle it? All that kind of stuff. I think it's very effective, uh, but you know, it may not be it may not be a conversation you're ready to have with your ten year old, yeah, but maybe def- with your 13, 14 year old, it's a different deal. Yeah, it definitely t- tackles a lot of different topics. I mean, like, and like you said, I mean, and it's done well in a way that, like you said, it's not just hey, this is a topic like for this episode and so on. It's yeah you see it unfold in how that person interacts with people and moving forward. And another cool thing I thought about this show was um, all the shows that you probably like now, your favorite stars have cameo in this show somewhere or another. One in particular that uh, was one of the first ones I recognized was uh, now I can't think of his name uh, from uh, new girl. Um, The, what is his name? I can't think of his name right now. Nick Johnson? Or the other guy? No. The other guy. The one that was... Uh, Schmidt's character? Yes, Schmidt. Oh, I didn't remember he was on that. That's so funny. 
there are so many cameos in this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like all these yeah. shows I've watched already. And then I'm coming back and I'm like, oh, you were in this show? Okay. Like, but yeah, like I said, I mean, I would highly recommend it. Like you said, there are topics that, you know, you may end up having conversations about. But that's, yeah. you know. I definitely think it's a show that if you are a couple who doesn't get like a lot of time to watch a show, it's pretty good because it does have this overarching season arcs. Every season there's a different arc, like that's yeah. the whole thing. But every episode's like a villain of the week thing too. So like yeah. you could watch one episode and then three or four nights later watch the next one. And it, it doesn't feel like one of these Netflix shows that when you watch episode two, they expect you have just watched episode one and remember everything. So yeah, yeah. it very much keeps up. So I would agree. Plus uh, it's one of those shows that got canceled. They then did a movie, then Hulu picked it up for a new season. So there's like, I think there's three or four seasons of the original run. Yeah. Then there's a movie and then there's an additional season. And, uh, Anyway, can't recommend it enough. My TV show, real quick, I said I'd yield my time, so I'm just going to mention uh, one that is uh, – this is definitely for parents only uh, because the amount of language that is in it and really the subject material. Uh, but it's on Hulu or it's on FX if you have it. It's called The Bear. Uh, the Bear – I know Sawyer is a big fan of The Bear. I got Big fan of The Bear. Yeah, I, I, I came to Sawyer and I was like, Sawyer, have you seen this show, The Bear? And he's like, I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. And I said, you need to go watch it. Then I got a text like – Three hours later, he's like, the bear is awesome. <laughs> you can watch the whole show in like four hours. It's like, oh. Yes, because here's what I was going to say. There are a couple episodes, uh, like in the second season, there's one that's almost like a mini movie. It's like an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, but all the other ones are 30 minutes, which is what got me into it. My wife and I often don't have a lot of time to you know, invest in shows that used to be 45-minute shows. But for some reason, every show now is an hour and 15 minutes by itself. And this is a 30-minute comedic drama about a uh and once again i said it's heavier subject matter it's about a guy um who moves back to chicago which is where he's from because his brother uh has died i'll say in a tragic way uh in case you have uh kids listening uh but uh he ended up taking his own life is 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 the issue in it and uh his brother was an addict and was running a restaurant, but he, the main character in this show, uh, is was basically the sous chef, the second in line at like a, it's like a three or four Michelin star restaurant in New York. He's this amazing chef. He comes back, but he's basically running his uh, brother's uh, sandwich shop. And so he's this really high-end chef. He comes back, but the whole place is dysfunctional. It is falling apart. The people who are in it, their lives are falling apart. And very much like Ted Lasso, this is a show about a guy just doing good things for people who are in broken, messy situations, and their lives get better. Uh, but by the nature, unlike Ted Lasso, this is not as much. There are funny moments, but it's not as much of a comedy as Ted Lasso. And so the people in this show, they talk like people with broken lives. There's a lot of language. And if that makes you uncomfortable, I get why you may not want to watch it. But if you have not seen it, this is a show that will be funny uh, and that will be very emotional. But honestly, for, for how much language there is, you feel really good at the end of every episode. You're like, this is what we should be doing. Like we should be just helping people and making people's lives better. So I can't recommend the bear enough. 
Can't recommend Veronica Mars enough. And uh, I, I will say this, Sawyer, with my daughters, you actually have got me thinking maybe I'll check out Call the Midwife because it is on Netflix. We're always looking for some good, wholesome, uh, female-centered content for them. Now, I will say I know Sawyer's next pick is also some good uh, uh, female-centered content uh, that his movie that he wants to recommend. I, I guess your theme here that you're going with is you're about to go home and you're thinking about your mom. Yes. Okay. And so what's your movie? movie that I actually have not seen. Yes. Okay. I have not seen this movie yet. I am going to watch it for the first time with my mom. I'm going to take her to the theater and we are going to sit down at the Alamo draft house in Springfield, Missouri. And we're going to watch the movie that at that point will have crossed a billion dollars at the box office known only as Barbie. And I yes. am very excited. Everyone who I respect and disrespect has said that this movie is great. Okay. <laughs> Where is, do I fit on that? The respect you, or disrespect? You put on respect. Okay. okay. You put on respect. I promise. Okay. Okay. But literally everyone who I know is like, oh, Barbie, that's a good movie. Okay. There, there are a, a small group of internet brain rotted people who don't like this movie and I don't care for them. And I do. I've, I haven't even seen the movie. I don't need to have seen the movie to simply know they are wrong. Barbie is a good movie. Um, I don't know I, simply because I haven't seen it. If I would say it's good for just parents or kids also, I have, I just don't know, but Nathan, you right. Yeah, I took my kids to see it. And I will say, I don't think there's anything wildly inappropriate for kids, but I will say the movie, I think it's actually a perfect date night movie because I will say this. It is the funniest movie I've seen in theaters in a long time, but but not um, not like kid jokes. They're not dirty jokes. They're not jokes that you'd be uncomfortable for your kids to hear. They're just not jokes that those kids would get. Like there's an entire scene and the entire joke is around why men love singing Matchbox 20 songs. And it's hilarious. I have I not. Heard, I have heard the legend of this moment in the movie, and I like break out in hives just thinking about it. Like I, I, I need, I need to see this movie. And there are definitely moments. I understand the people who think it's too preachy. I don't think it's any more preachy than any other movie that has something to say about issues in our world. Uh, but it definitely is very funny. I think both men and women will enjoy it. So I agree. I think you should take your kids to see it and they will like it because it's bright. It's colorful. There's dance sequences, but it was remarkable to me how much this movie was more for the parents than it was for the kids, even more than like Pixar. It's not one of those where it's like, man, the kids are really invested, but this is like, it's really for the adults and somehow the kids also get something out of it. It's like the reverse of a Pixar movie. So I think it's a great date night movie. Donnie, you got a movie to recommend? Uh, I recommend the uh, third installment in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, yes. I thought this movie literally did everything it needed to do. It gave you backstory of characters you didn't know about. It gave you more depth to each of the characters you already knew. It made like you could like through this movie, you cried, you laughed. You got angry. You, like it was like all the emotions. Like it was just a whole emotional bucket. You were an emotional, you know, everywhere, all over the place. It was great. Great movie. I, I, I will echo Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 praise. I, uh, I, I, yeah, it's a great movie. And it has 
I feel like this is another good date movie, honestly. Like, I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of crossover that can happen with this movie. Um, Yeah, yeah, I I love this movie. Yeah. So I totally agree. I think Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is awesome. It was one of my favorite experiences in the theater, This, especially if you like Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think this really works. I mean, it is a fitting conclusion. I don't think it does anything that the other ones don't do. It's going to be funny. It's going to make you want to cry at parts. It's going to it's gonna have all the things that you expect. And uh, I will say for the parents, because I know several parents who the Guardians are kind of the edgiest of the MCU movies. This yeah. might be one that if you don't want your kids to watch it, it would be a great one for you and your spouse to see. I think you'll have a great time. Um, so the movie I want to recommend to kind of close this out is... Uh, I want to recommend a movie that uh, I watched. um, I don't know. I I actually watched this without my wife, but I've been considering going back to watch it with her. Uh, This is kind of a different, it's it's two and a half hours. So, but so is Guardians of the Galaxy. So you're going to have to dedicate some time to this. Um, It's the movie, The Fablemans. It's uh, Spielberg's most recent movie. Uh, It is a movie really about his growing up and his life. And uh, it's about a young boy who wants to learn to make films. Um, and uh, But really, it's about his family. It's kind of about the breaking apart of his family. And it's got all the things you would want from a coming-of-age movie. Uh, but it's directed by Steven Spielberg. And, I mean... If that, that John does, Williams score. Yeah, I was going to say, if it does not sell you just, here's a good, like, growing up, it's going to make you want to cry. It's going to make you, like your spirit rise up within you. It has all the things that we we love about coming-of-age movies, uh, but it's from Spielberg, and uh, it's about his life, and it's just great. I think if, you, if that's something that interests you, then you're going to be into it. If not, I get why you may not want to watch it, but if those kind of wholesome family coming-of-age movie things, you know, those movies just work for me almost every time. And so... Uh, I think I think all these movies great recommends. Uh, the TV shows also great recommends. You guys came in with surprising picks that I was not expecting. Uh, but most importantly, we hope you find time uh, with your spouse or by yourself or with some friends to just have time not being mom, not being dad, and just getting to enjoy some time together. So, hey, we thank you guys for watching, and we will see you next time on the Not Great Parents podcast.